Paul, I took my seat a few minutes later. I remember thinking, what on earth am I doing here? It was a, a lecture on some in-depth aspect of psychology. And I understood not one single word of that lecture, you know. And it had no crossover at all with what I was studying at the time. And I just remember thinking, never before have I sat through something that is uh, quite as irrelevant uh, to, to my life and existence. Okay, now, I entirely accept that maybe that's your fear just now. That maybe that's what you're thinking. We are about to study just now, and let's paint together a portion of scripture. Okay, now, what is it? It is a portion of scripture that details a speech that is given by what we might call an elder. And he is speaking to whom? He is speaking to elders. And what is his subject matter? He is talking about eldership. And so you're sitting in the church and you're thinking, okay, Andy, uh, I'm not an elder. So uh, this is going to be entirely irrelevant to my life and to my existence. Now, before we get into it, okay, before we get into the sermon itself, what I want to do is just give you three very quick reasons why this is relevant to your life. Okay? Three reasons. Three Ps. All right? Ready for them? One, prayer. What we're given in the section of scripture that we're going to look at this morning is an insight into the enormous responsibility that is placed upon the shoulders of elders in God's church. So do you see what the section of scripture is? It is fuel. It is fuel for how you should be praying for those who are over you in the Lord. Okay? Prayer. Second one, preparation. Like, as we hopefully in God's will and providence continue to grow as a congregation, what are we going to need? <laughs> we are going to need more elders. Perhaps some of you who are sitting here this morning. On top of that, in God's goodness to us, what he's done is he has given us more and more guys who are training for ministry in his church. Guys from the U.S., guys from the U.K. You see what these verses are? These verses prepare these men, these two classes of men, for the task that they are about to undertake. So you've got preparation. Then the third, quite simple, principles. Like, yeah, as I've said, this is primarily a section of scripture that is written to elders. But we're not getting off scot-free because the principles here, they work for you, okay? The principles here, they can extend to every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. So I hope you at least see as we start out here that this isn't just some sort of irrelevant sort of lecture given... But at university somewhere that I had to go through, I hope you see that what we are about to hear is a word from God to whom? A word from God to you this morning. So with that said, let's turn to the text. Please turn with me to Acts chapter 20. Let's get back to the speech that Paul gives And as you're turning in your Bibles, let me give you the heading of our first point. First point this morning is that elders are to be 
committed. I do not mean that they should be all locked up in some asylum or something like that. Elders are to be devoted. Elders are to be committed. That's our first point. Okay, so let's, let's get to the text. What do we have? Well, as we start this section, what we find is that Paul is on the move. If you can cast your mind back, what was it? I wasn't here last week, but two weeks ago, we had Paul raising Eutychus to life. You remember that? In Troas? Well, here we find him, and he is, what we learn is that he's on his way to Jerusalem, and what we learn is that he's headed there with some haste. He wants to get to Jerusalem really quite quickly. Uh, so because of that, he doesn't want to go back into Ephesus. You know, he does, he can see why. He doesn't want to go back into the church and get involved and caught up in the life of the church there again. But he, he does at the same time need to speak to the elders, to the sort of, to, to, to the, 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 to the shepherds of that church. So what does he do? As he docks in this place called Miletus, he sends for the elders and he says, right guys, you come and see me. I'm not coming to you. You come and see me. And he gives them this speech. They're all gathered in Miletus, this harbour, and Paul speaks to this group of elders. That's what you've got, okay? Now, in the first part of the speech, what Paul does is raise himself up as an example for those elders to follow. Now, you can see what's going on. Paul's leaving Ephesus in this part of the world. And this is a place that he has been for three long years. Now, that's a, that's a long time for Paul, isn't it? If you think about his missionary journeys, Paul's time is really valuable, isn't it? Yet he spent three years in Ephesus. Now, he loves those people. As a pastor over a congregation for three years, he loves those people. And he's caring about the advancement of the gospel in that place. So you see what he does? What he does is he reminds those elders of what he was like pastoring that congregation. And I don't know about you, but see, when I'm reading what Paul says there, I'm almost sweating just reading it. Like, when he talks what like as an elder, if you'll permit that, in the congregation... Aren't you just in awe and amazed by how hard the guy worked? Aren't you? I mean, it's a picture of absolute sort of a dedication and, and commitment to this congregation. He was, he was working hard. And so because of that, this is what I want us to do. This is what I want to do. I just want to unpack that just a little bit just now. Like, it's, 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 it's insufficient, I think, if I was to stand here and say... Paul worked hard, so elders have to work hard. That just raises questions. You know, we need to know, we need to know what Paul was working hard at. Like, what characterized Paul's graft in this place? So I just want to point out a few things, okay? First of all, we learn here that elders should show humble commitment. Humble commitment. Would you would do me the favor of looking at verse 19? Now, verse 19, it's interesting to note how Paul describes his work in the church. Like, you'll hear these words kicking about in the modern church. But Paul does not describe his work as management. (laughs) 
And, this is important, Paul does not describe his work as leadership. That is not, these are not biblical terms. How does Paul describe his work? What does he say? He says that he was serving. That he was serving God. That he was serving the church. Then look what he adds to this. He adds this idea of humility. I, in Ephesus, I was serving the church, but I was serving the church with humility. Do you see what he is saying to this group of elders that is in front of him? He's saying, guys, yes, you need to work hard. You need to, to graft, but you're not doing this for your own honor. You are doing this in the service of other people. You are to work hard, but you are to do that in the service of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see it? It's humble, humble hard work. Then, note also that we learn here, elders should show a loving commitment. So humble commitment, also though loving commitment. In preparation for this sermon... Before I went away to America, I would say that I went to a conference. Some people have suggested that I was just going to Disney World or Disneyland. It's not You can believe whatever it is you want to believe, you know. But in preparation for the sermon, before I went away, reading a few things in the Apostle Paul, in the life of the Apostle Paul, and I read the following quote. I just want to ask what you think of this quote about Paul. The writer says this, he says, Yes, maybe Paul was an intellectual, but Paul was also both harsh and angry. Paul's an intellectual, but also both harsh and angry. What do you think? See, I'm guessing the guy who wrote that had never read the verses that you've got in front of you. How, how, how could he have... Not only do you have here that picture at the end of this chapter where on this shore in front of the elders, Paul is there and he is on his knees and he is weeping and he is embracing his beloved fellow elders. Not only have you got that picture, look what we've got in verse 19. We are told that he served in this church and he did so with tears. Do you see what he's saying? Again, he is encouraging commitment from these elders, but he is saying that this hard work that he is demanding, it it shouldn't be out of a sense of duty or a sense of responsibility, but this hard work of elders, it should be out of a genuine, authentic concern. Do you see what Paul wants? Paul wants elders to fall head over heels in love with their congregations, with the people that God has given to them, is to be a loving commitment. And in the last of these, note as well, the elders should show a gospel commitment. A gospel commitment. Um, I'm sure you'd agree with us that consistently in the church there's a danger that, that men in offices of God's church they can take their eye off the ball. That pastors or elders, that they can work really hard in the life of the church, but that they can work hard at the wrong type stuff. 
that that is a consistent danger in the life of God's church. That a pastor, an elder can work really, really hard at helping people move house. (laughs) Or work really, really, really hard at trying to sort out church finances or something like that. But that they can neglect the ministry of God's word. Well, here Paul is desperate that these Ephesian elders do not make that mistake and to bring this out, don't know if you noticed it, he speaks in pairs. Let me show you. He says he has been working with the word, what, night and day. He's been working with the word with Jews and Greeks. He's been working with the word publicly and in people's houses. Do you see it? Do you see what he's saying? He's saying that the role of the elder is not just to work hard and not just to graft But the role of an elder is to build people up in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Friends, I wonder, when you read this, are you not in awe of the commitment that Paul shows to his ministry? Do you not read it and you think, wow, that is, I mean, you know, that's just, he's, it's all encompassing, the commitment. Do you see that? I want to say to you that the principle here It isn't just for elders. The principle here is for you. You see, we know that salvation is not earned by works. We know that you and I are not saved by our service. But is it not true that we are saved to serve? That our faith that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ, it should be a faith that works. That we should be people who are in action. So I need to ask you, are you committed to the Lord your God? Are you committed to your church? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you in love with your congregation? Are you? And of course... I have to ask the elders, the prospective elders and the current elders, guys, wait a minute, what about you? You know, will you be following Paul's example that is set out in here? I mean, are you guys actually ready to, to, to throw everything you have into the service of God and, and his church. Are you eager for this? Are you willing to, to, to emotionally and, and spiritually and physically give, give everything that you have to building people up in God's word? Are you? See, I think what we've got here is absolutely beautiful. Because what we've got here is humble, loving, gospel graft. For the honour and glory of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. So elders are to be committed. Okay, second point to consider. Please see that elders are to be watchful. Elders are to be watchful. Okay, so if you're following me, we get that to equip uh, these Ephesian elders. To kind of resource these ones um, Paul's reminded them of what he was like um, amongst them. But what he goes on to do here, he moves from what, I mean, 
he moves from that sort of implicit instruction from his own example, and he moves into something that's much more explicit, because what you've got here is a direct instruction in verse 28 for elders to keep watch. So there's this direct instruction for elders to be on their guard and to be alert. What does that mean? I mean, seriously, what does that mean for an elder uh, to, to be alert or on their guard? What does it mean? I'll tell you, I'll tell you what it doesn't mean, shall I? I was telling someone very recently about an experience I had when I was preaching in the west of Scotland a few years ago. And, uh, and it was a re- you know, reasonably sized congregation that I'd, I'd gone to preach in. But for some reason, there was a few deacons there that day, but for some reason there was only one elder in the church. Um, and this was a church that had what, what a few Scottish churches still have. It's called an elder's box. I've never really kind of worked out why, why we have elder's boxes. Maybe somebody can tell me afterwards. But an elder's box in some churches is where during a service, the elders would sit separately from the rest of the congregation. So you've got me up in quite a big pulpit, and then down below, you've got this elder sitting by himself in front of the congregation, okay? So far, so good, no problems. But uh, during the service, I'm praying, and I finished praying. And just before I uh, start to preach, there's a, a movement, and it's the elder kicking out the seat uh, in front of him. And remember that this guy is just sitting there in front of the whole congregation. And before, not when I'm in my third point or my fourth point, but before I start preaching, the elder gets his feet up, puts his head back, out for the count. Before I start preaching, you know, you know, throw me a bone here, you know, just head back, chill. Now that is obviously uh, an elder who is not keeping watch and not alert. But what does it mean? Well, part of what Paul says, look at verse 28. Part of what he says is that elders are to keep watch over what? Over themselves. The elders are to guard their own spiritual and moral well-being because how on earth are they supposed to look after a congregation if they let themselves go spiritual ruin okay that's part of it what else does he say verse 28 elders are to keep watch over the church notice that notice the language that paul uses here what does he say he calls you and i he calls the people of god the flock. You see the point? Elders are to be shepherds. Elders are to be men who are constantly caring for, constantly looking out for God's sheep. So that's, that's the who elders have to watch out for. But really, I suppose it's why, it's the reason, it's the reason Paul wants this from these elders that I want you to notice. Do you see that in verse 29? Why is alertness of elders so important? Verse 29. He says, I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you. Savage wolves. Now you can see what, you can see what's on Paul's heart, can't you? Remember what I've said? 
I've said he was in Ephesus for three years. So he's got to know these people. He loves these people. And here's a man who's given everything to build them up and teach them in the Word. And he's really, there's something established in Ephesus and it's something beautiful that he knows second he's out of there, the second that he is on his way to Jerusalem, he knows that the devil is going to come into this congregation and he knows that it is going, the devil is going to try and break everything down. And do you know what is absolutely staggering? That is what seems to have happened. Like if, if you've been here for the last few weeks and you, you've thought about Ephesus properly, like I'm sure you'd agree with me that Ephesus seems to have been the most awesome church. Like do you remember all that stuff with Demetrius and the fact that the Ephesian church seems to have affected the city? Do you remember that? And what an awesome church. And you've got Paul. Imagine this. The Apostle Paul preaching daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. Can you imagine what that would have been like to be in that church? It would have been staggering. And you've got Epaphras coming into this church and he's converted and he brings the gospel. They're planting churches. Thousands and thousands of people are being saved. What a church, right? But do you remember what we learn later on in the New Testament? You know the letters to the churches in Revelation, don't you? Do you remember what Jesus said to this church a few years later? Does he say, you guys are awesome. You guys, you guys, this is a great church. He doesn't say that. What does Jesus say? He rebukes them. He says just a few years later, your, your love has grown cold. This church, this church, your love has grown cold. You have fallen from a, a great height. Do you see it? Perhaps these elders on the shore in Miletus, perhaps they just didn't pay enough attention to Paul's warning here. This warning, pay, pay attention, keep watch over the flock. So because of this, I have a question to ask you, not the elders, you. Are you alert? Are you keeping watch over your own spiritual life, are you? I mean, are you regularly, maybe even today, are you checking your spiritual temperature? Are you checking your spiritual health? Are you spiritually alert? Or like that elder, spiritually speaking, are you just sleeping through the Word of God? But then, of course, I must say, must ask the prospective elders, the serving elders, guys, what about you? Are you ready to keep watch over a congregation of God's church? More than that, are you keeping watch over yourselves? I know you say to me, "Ah, but I'm in theology education just now. And I'm, I'm reading constantly, and I'm surrounded by lecturers, and I'm always, you know, I'm always, I'm always studying these. Yeah, I know. But if you p- put that to the side, right now, this point in your life, how is your prayer life? How is your 
time with God. Friends, do you see that it is absolutely imperative that elders be alert? Do you see, it's not because Paul says, wolves will come in. Because that's not what Paul says. He says that wolves, to these elders, wolves will come in from among you. Elders have to be alert. Otherwise, it is they who will cause the problems. So elders are to be committed. Elders are to be watchful. We'll end with this. We see the elders are to be reliant on God. Reliant upon God. I don't know if you've you've, uh, ever been in a situation where you have been asked to undertake a task that seems beyond you (laughs) and absolutely impossible. I I have been many times, but I, I remember one specific instance. It was my first day working, uh, helping out a homeless charity in Edinburgh. And the first day they said to me, right, what we need you to do to help us out, we need you to clear out and gut the storeroom in our biggest shop in Edinburgh. So that sounds all right. That's no, no bother to me. Go to the shop. I'm led down the stairs to the, where the stockroom was, down these big stairs. And it's that stereotypical moment that you see in films, you know, where you sort of open a door and the room is so packed that the stuff just keep, just falls out on top of you. Well, that actually had, that's what it was like. And I just open it out and it's just absolutely jam-packed with stuff. And the person that had led me down there, <laughs> she said to me, uh, yeah, this is packed. What we think is that there's another couple of rooms beyond this one, but we've, we've, no one's been, been able to access that for, for probably decades. Uh, and instantly I kind of felt truly overwhelmed by the task at hand. And I accept that that's maybe how some of you are feeling just now. Because, you know, we've got, we've got the, the role, the task of an elder that's here in front of you. And Maybe some of the guys who are training for ministry at this point, they're just like, uh, I want a new career. You know, this is, this, this is rather intimidating. Maybe our existing elders are secretly weeping into a, into a hanky. But what we need to know is that here, and this is important, Paul encourages this group of elders. He encourages them. If you look at verse 32, have a look. You see that after giving these instructions about keeping watch, what does he do? He commits these men to the Lord and to his word of grace. Now, do you see what that is? He's saying that though these elders have to be diligent, like elders have to work hard, he is saying that ultimately, when all's said and done, it is the Lord Jesus Christ. It is God that does the work in the church, that we should never think, (laughs) oh great, we're getting a new elder. Great, we're getting a new minister. This guy is going to grow the church. The church is going to flourish because of these. That's not what happens. It is the Holy Spirit. It's the Lord Jesus Christ that grows the church. But we see this in a much more subtle way here. And, and this is how we'll end. We'll end with this. 
Here, elders aren't just told to follow the example of Paul. The elders are told to follow Paul as he followed the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you see how this works? Luke very, very deliberately here, so the author very deliberately draws parallels between Paul's ministry, follow me on this, Paul's ministry, parallels between that and the ministry of Jesus Christ. Do you see the parallels? If not, let me point them out. What did we say? That, how did Paul describe his ministry? What did he say about it? He said that it was humble service. Exactly the same way that Jesus spoke about his ministry, exactly the same in Luke chapter 22. Then Paul shows this great determination here to, what does he say? To finish the task that is given to him by God. Again, exactly the same language that Jesus Christ used of his own ministry. Then we've got here Paul showing a total disregard for material, financial possessions. Again, exactly the same attitude that Jesus had. And then the clincher. What did I say was Paul's focus here? Right at the start, what did I say? What's Paul doing? Paul is desperate to get to Jerusalem. Led by the Holy Spirit. Where he knows that he will have to suffer in the name of God. And that's the key. That instead of looking to Paul for help in eldership, that ultimately we need to be looking to Jesus and what he accomplished when he reached Jerusalem. The elders, you hear this, the elders will only be effective if they look to the saving, atoning work of the Lord Jesus Christ, the work of the cross at Calvary in Jerusalem. If elders do that, that is when the church grows. And so, I have a plea for you as a congregation. And you think you know what it is. But maybe it isn't. I pray that you would pray for yourselves. That you would pray for your relationship with your elders. That you would pray that you would have an appropriate and biblical attitude to those who God has placed as elders in your church. And of course, I ask you more than that, to pray for your elders. You know, pray that elders, current and future, would be diligent. Pray for their spiritual lives I pray that they would lean increasingly on the Lord Jesus Christ for the growth of this congregation. Because, come on, it is he who builds his church. It is he, the Lord Jesus Christ, who we are told here has bought us with his blood. It is he who is deserving of our praise, having done what? Having gone to Jerusalem. Having suffered, having died, 
having laid down his life as the one great and true shepherd of the sheep. Let's pray.